We're in this message series called Holy Ghost Stories, where we've been telling stories from the Bible and from within our church about how the Holy Spirit is on the move, uh, how the Holy Spirit was on the move in the early church, and how the Holy Spirit is on the move in the lives of people in our church here today. Uh, later today, I'm going to share with you a testimony video from Ryan Spence. Uh, he actually became a new member last weekend, and uh, Ryan's going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is, has moved in his life, uh, drawing him to be more and more holy as God is holy. Because that's what we're talking about today, is this spirit of holiness, that God calls us to be more and more like himself. Um, but today, today's going to be a little bit different. I kind of took uh, the plans that I had for today and kept some of them, but pitched some of them as well. One of my favorite things about being a pastor is that you get to do life and church in real time with a group of folks. And it's not just like an academic exercise. It's real life experience. And uh, I wanted to take just a few minutes and talk about last weekend at Anderson Hills. Um, if you, Maybe you weren't with us, and you're like, great, I wasn't here. Well, it's okay, I'll try to explain. Uh, or maybe you're with us online, and, uh, this is, it's, and you might say, well, is this relevant to me as well? I, I believe that it is, because we want to talk about who our church is, who God calls us to be. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, if, if you weren't here, and you feel a little disconnected, I just appreciate your patience with this, because I think that it's really important. Uh, last weekend, we had a guest here with us, actually at 9.30, sat down right here in the front. Uh, if you were here, you might remember, because the beginning part of my sermon, he was uh, interacting with me a lot, a lot of amens, a lot of talk, which I kind of like that, actually. I'm kind of used to that. I know it's not necessarily our culture, but I'm cool with it. Uh, but he did make one of my top five most favorite comments in a sermon ever, which is impressive, because I've got to do a few of these. I said, Satan is a liar. And he said, yeah, he sucks, man. Theologically, I'm with him, let me tell you. I didn't write it exactly as he wrote it, but you know, it's all good. But, but we were interacting a little bit, and, uh, and that was fine. Um, at, at 11 o'clock, he came back and was, uh, during the songs, was very interactive, was uh, dancing all around the front of the room and whatnot. Um, and, and quite frankly, it was, it was a distraction. It was a distraction. And I wanted to address all of that uh, this week. Um, a couple things, and you might say, well, ooh, I'm a guest here. Is John going to talk about me next week? This is not our norm, okay? Um, first of all, um, our, our guest uh, was, was different than, than many folks here because he didn't have a home, doesn't have a home. Um, and that is 100% okay. 100% okay. I don't want to pastor a church of people who look just like me. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God doesn't look just like me. I'm just one of the people in it, okay? And Jesus gave his life for all people, not just for people who look and act just like me. The kingdom of God is a very diverse place. Also, our guest has some mental health challenges. He's come to Salem before. We know him. And uh, that's, that again, 100% okay. Jesus gave his life for all people, not just those who can interact by our social norms here. We're called to be a church that welcomes everyone. Like I said, he was, he was very interactive, but sometimes in ways that were distracting, probably, the, and we've had questions about the dancing, right? Like, how's that different than, say, when one of our worship leaders might dance? Well, 
for one, it should always be in a way that it draws attention to the Lord and not to the person. And I can never judge a person's heart. That's not what I'm here for. But sometimes certain activities draw more attention to a person than they do to the Lord. And that's where they can become problematic. Like, for example... We have um, folks who sing into microphones up here every weekend, right? And their heart is for the Lord, uh, not to draw attention to themselves, but to draw all of our attention onto God. I love to sing to the Lord as well. If you gave me a microphone to sing into, however, it would be a distraction. <laughs> I promise. It would not draw you closer to God, other than you would start praying and say, like, God, make it stop. But that's as far as it would probably get for you, okay? So there's a reason why. There's a reason why. They're, they're, we're called to have a certain level of, of order as, as well. Um, it's, it's also it's my job to ensure that we have a safe environment here at Anderson Hills. And, and some folks asked uh, the 11 o'clock, why didn't we confront that person who was dancing? And there's a lot of research and study that goes into these kind of things. But, but when you have a guest that you don't really fully understand their mental condition um, and they're not causing a problem, to confront something in the moment is to escalate. And sometimes escalations are where problems begin. So we're very actively watching and, and, deter, and um, really trying to discern what, how do we handle this. And we decided that, that a, a week of some, some dancing would be better than some unnecessary escalation. In many situations in life and truth, let's talk a little bit deeper because I'm not here to talk about one person. In many situations in life and, truth, in life and church, truth is found in the tension of the values that we hold. Most of life is not so much either or, it's kind of both and. That there can be points of truth that are both true, but they hold each other in tension in a healthy ways. And I want to talk about two of those today. They are, on the one hand, safety, and on the other hand, our mission, okay? There's, these are both essential to us at Anderson Hills, both being able to come in here and to feel safe and to be safe, but also our mission to reach people for Jesus Christ, right? There's, so there's a, a healthy level of tension here in this. I want to talk to you about our mission and, and really about my leadership of us as, as your pastor, uh, because, it's, because it's my job to take, um, to take wise precautions to help to keep us safe. Safety is really, really important to me. It's a biblical thing too. Matthew 10, 16, Jesus says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. There's a tension between those animals, right? Two different things. And we have to be wise in our safety, but, but we also have to be very focused on our mission as well. So how are we wise in our safety here at Anderson Hills? Well, for one, we have a team of Anderson Hills members who are active or retired law enforcement, uh, who they are um, very, very uh, engaged in our safety. Uh, they're keeping an eye over us, even though, even though you may not even be aware of that. And this is something that's really important to us. Uh, last weekend was one of the very rare times where none of them were able to be present. That's okay, they're a volunteer team, uh, but it was a rare time. And it brought to light, really, our need to have more and more people on this team. So if, if you're here 
and you are uh, police or active or retired military with some security experience, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email serve at andersonhills.org. Our, one of our staff will get back with you this week and get you connected uh, because this is a team that, that we need to expand because this is such a vital area of our church. Such a vital area. So if that's you and you've got some experience, I think the Lord might be calling you to step forward and and at least send an email and learn more about it. By doing that, you're not signing up or promising anything, but we'd love to talk with you um, more about that. Thursday night, I met with this team, and let me tell you, we are in good hands, my friends. We are in good hands. Their expertise, wisdom, and heart for the Lord is second to none. And you know, I stand up here every single weekend, and I think about nothing other than a sermon when I preach it. I don't worry. I'm not scared because I know my life is in Jesus' hands, first of all, and I know it's also under their watchful eye, and we are in very good hands. But there's two ways last week, uh, I believe, where, where we missed the mark when it comes to safety, and I just want to apologize to you for those things. Because again, this is my responsibility. First, we allowed a backpack into this room uh, that made some folks nervous. Because naturally, we're, we're in an environment, kind of thinking is changing on that. You go into a sports stadium now, you, usually you can't take any backpack unless it's clear. And so the presence of a backpack uh, increases anxiety and, and fear. And that shouldn't have happened. And I take full responsibility for that. If you were here last weekend and you saw that backpack and you got kind of scared as a result, I just want to say to you, I'm sorry. And we are going to, we're taking steps that immediately that we're not going to have backpacks in here anymore. If you have a backpack, we're just going to ask you to leave it in the car or leave it with an usher. They'll keep it safe. Uh, but simply because we don't know what's in a backpack. Now, of course, we're still allowing purses, diaper bags, these types of things. Uh, but this would be a simple way that we could increase our security and decrease our distractedness uh, during worship. So I appreciate you, your patience with that. Second, um, at both services, when, when our guests entered the room, um, nobody went to sit by him, even though his mannerisms were a little bit different. That's also something that shouldn't happen. And I was here, I didn't do it, and I didn't direct anybody to do it. And that's a miss on my part, and I want to apologize for that. Uh, because it's just a good thing when we have guests, especially someone whose mannerisms may be a diff- bit different, just to have someone sit by them and talk with them. Not to interrogate, but to be kind, to show Jesus love. I mean, this is one of the friendliest groups of people I've ever met in my entire life. And we have so much to offer. And, and I don't want someone in that situation to sit alone. So I've directed our staff, our greeters, to make sure that if that happens again, that we've got someone to sit by them just to help them to feel comfortable and maybe help them to understand how they can interact and worship here in ways that aren't quite as, as distracting. We do this simply to be kind and to make them feel welcome. After all, this is what Jesus would do. It's what Jesus calls all of us to do. Uh, Many of you interacted with with our guests last weekend, and I just want to say thank you for that. That's who we should be every single weekend. Finally, when I met with our security team on Thursday, uh, they told me what our biggest opportunity is for improving our securities. We keep talking about this, this security point. Uh, Our biggest opportunity is that we need to rebuild our team of parking lot hosts, especially, and also maybe add a few greeters, uh, because 
having a proactive presence around our, our doors, our perimeter of our building, is the best thing that we can do to ensure that our church is a safe place. Because when we have others, we have folks out there in, in vests, they can help direct. After all, we got a lot of entrances, a lot of doors, a couple of worship centers. It gets a little confusing around here. And so it helps to have somebody to guide folks. Also, if, God forbid, someone did consider coming in here for wrongful purposes, when you see teams of proactive people, you tend to keep on moving because it's a sign that this place has their stuff together and it's not a place that you want to come in and try to do anything harmful. So this is really important, um, as I learned from the team. And when they speak, I listen. They know what they're talking about. And so doing this is really a straightforward thing. If you're able to... uh, walk around a parking lot, if you're able to stand and greet people, to be friendly, to kind of keep your eyes open, and you love Jesus, and you love people, then you qualify, okay? We're not looking for like Barney Fife wannabes here, okay? (laughs) Not the goal. And you might be like, oh, I don't know if I'm qualified. I haven't taken 18 courses in de-escalation. No, you are qualified. If you can walk around, be friendly, keep your eyes open, this is what it's all about. So again, if that's you, I invite you to just email serve at andersonhills.org. We will get back with you soon. We are, we, because we used to do this pretty well before COVID and then, well, COVID. And, but we can't use that as an excuse anymore, friends. We can't use that as an excuse. It's still very real, but, but we're having church and we're welcoming guests and we're here and it's our job to be the best that we can best prepared that we can possibly be you know i believe this team should be fully staffed by next week okay <laughs> that's how i operate i believe that that is 100% possible because we've got way more people than just in this room than what we need for this. So there's no reason that we can't do this. So I challenge you, uh, get your phone out, start an email, or write it down, whatever you need to do, because God may want to use you in this way to help us in both of these areas. We do this because we value security, as I've been talking about, but also because we care about our mission. That's the second part of this tension. There's some of us, we get really hyped up over security, maybe even so much that we get a little cloudy around mission. And here's our mission, real straightforward. In fact, let's say it together. We exist to glorify God and produce fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ who transform the world. That's why we are here. And every single person who walks through this door gives us an opportunity to live out that mission. Every single person. Every single person. No matter what they look like. No matter how they dress. No matter what they're, they they may be wealthy, they may be poor or somewhere in between. They may drive a nice car or they may walk. They, they may be Republican, they may be Democrat. They may think like you, they may not think like you. They may be confident, they may be timid. They may be musical, they may be tone deaf. They may be a believer, they may be a skeptic. Every person is an opportunity, an opportunity for us to better live out our mission because our mission is all about people. We exist to glorify God and produce fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, transform the world. You know, 
I've spent more hours than you can imagine this past week thinking and praying about all of this. And my heart breaks for two reasons. First, my own failings as your leader to not have this place feel as safe as it should be. And I apologize. And we'll do differently. We'll do better. But second, my heart breaks because some of the responses that I heard from within our church, and I'm not going to name them because honestly, I believe that, that some of the responses were just simply driven out of fear because I didn't have some things together as well as I should have. Okay, so that's, that's me. But you know, fear is not what should guide us. We need to be a safe place, but also not a people who are driven by fear. 1 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Now, this doesn't mean that we play in traffic or that we're foolish, but it also doesn't mean that we let fear drive us as individuals or as, an, as a community. Because no matter what steps we take to keep our church safe, fear will always be Satan's number one tool to hinder God's mission. Fear is what keeps us from so many things. It's what keeps us from stepping forward in serving. It's what keeps us maybe from a variety of things. And Satan doesn't have to come in and, and prove our theology wrong. He can't because it's true. Jesus rose from the dead. He doesn't have to come in and, uh, I don't know, some other large thing like this. He doesn't have to silence our witness. He can't because God's word never returns void. It's, you can't silence it because it's the word of God. It's not because of us. He only has to make us fearful. Fearful of people who don't act, think, or look like us. And here's the deal, church. Guests like the one that we had last weekend are welcome here. Every weekend. In fact, they're expected here. We actually caused this because we prayed and we asked God to send revival. We asked God to use us to reach this city. We asked God to send people to us who need to know him. That's not new. We've been doing that for 200 years, right? We believe in this so much. And so we asked for it. And I believe, I strongly believe that God is watching us that God is sending revival to us and God is watching to see how will we steward it. The Bible says that to whom much is given, much is expected. And church, we're given a lot, a whole lot. And so that means there's high expectations. And I don't ever want to be at a church where there's not high expectations. This is what God calls us to do. We planted a, a campus down the road at Salem. We feed people there on Thursday nights. And guess what? They're starting to come to church. And also, guess what? If you thought that folks who look, like, look different than you are going to stay there, I'm sorry, you're mistaken. That's not the mission. That's not the purpose. It's not that we can, like, put a group of folks in a place that's comfortably distant from us so everything can just be rosy here. That's not it. We want, I want 
everybody welcome at this place. And that's the whole reason I wanted to talk about this today, because our safety and our welcome, our mission, both matter so much to me. And I know they matter so much to you as well. Maybe, maybe just maybe, God might call you to have a conversation with a homeless person or to pray with somebody who doesn't look like you or to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't think like you. God can and will do this. You know, our topic for today, it's holiness. And really all of this goes right back to holiness. Holiness, as we said last week, is simply living like our daddy lives. Looking at our heavenly father and saying, God, how would you call me to respond? How would you call me to live? When, when I encounter someone who's different than me, what would you do, God? And we know what he would do. All we have to do is look back at what Jesus did, right? Do you remember the criticism Jesus got hanging out with tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners? Remember that? Remember how he was condemned by the religious elite because of the people that he reached out to? So we know what he does. We know how our God thinks on this. We know how our God acts on this, that nobody, nobody is outside the reach of God's grace. And I know that you know that and believe it. And last weekend just gives us a reminder, a very tangible reminder, because all these things are easy in concept and much more challenging in reality. The beauty of holiness is that holiness is not just a matter of trying harder. If it were trying harder, I would fail every time. Holiness is an act of growing by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to the Lord, that we believe you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, 11, we got to baptize a little guy right over there, and we prayed that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, as, and God does that. And so when we follow Jesus and we grow, we grow more and more holy as God is holy. And it's God's work, God's strength, God's power right inside of me. See, if it's just an act of my efforts, then I will fail and I will be frustrated. Holiness will be, will be like dumbed down to some just legalistic, have I obeyed all the rules I can think of right now? Am I just trying hard enough? Am I just stopping doing those things I shouldn't? And when I screw up, I feel guilty and ashamed because I tried, I failed, so I must be a failure. I can't be better. God must be disappointed or angry with me. But that's not it. That's not it. That's holiness by our own efforts. See, I believe that holiness is an act of God's power moving within us, that when we give our lives to Jesus, that's our step, is turning over the keys. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's a day-in, day-out thing. And it's something that I've got to continually evaluate my heart and say, God, where is my life not aligned with what your will is? If there's an area, take it. Take it, Lord. Change me. Make me more and more and more like you. Graduates, you're stepping into to a whole new world of opportunities and an amazing future. And you have, you have a gift that is a priceless gift, that gift of time, that gift of, of a life ahead of you, that by the Lord's grace, you've got time. 
And, and, and you can spend your life growing in holiness to be more and more like Jesus every single day, or you can simply pass the time. You can be a follower of Jesus who goes year over year over year over year over year. He draws you closer to himself. Or you can just keep living year one, year one, year one, year one, and have no growth. Time spent on the earth doesn't mean that we grow closer to Jesus. It's when we give ourselves to him. And each and every day we say, Lord, would you use me? Would you change me? Would you shape me? I want to be more like you. And when we pray that, we do that, God responds. And he, and he calls us closer to himself. I want to just share with you the video from Ryan here. He talks about how holiness has how it had changed his life. And I believe that, that God wants to change your life in some of these same ways. Let's check this out together. Holiness, for everybody, it, it's being able to live in spite of all the um, pressures we have to, to sin, all the pressures we have to choose um, either the flesh or lust or um, you know, escape or, or all these things that we could choose. We could choose to do what we want in spite of how it hurts people. We can choose to do what we want in spite of you know, how it affects people around us. But you know, sometimes it might feel good to us, but it's wrong and we have to understand that. And um, we can't make that choice ourselves. We will fall time and time and time and time again unless we allow the Holy Spirit to um, empower us to make different choices, empower us to walk against the flesh, against the world. Uh, for me, there are so many different things that I will escape into. There are so many different things that I would choose to do when the pressures come, when I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. So many times I just want to just escape into um, this particular sin or this particular lust that I want for myself with my flesh. But that, you know, God's power within me reminds me and leads me in a way that I don't have to choose that. That I can actually choose to follow God. That I can actually choose Him and choose His way. So holiness to me is really being empowered to do something I can't do myself. It wasn't until I, I came to a church that really pushed me in filling with the Holy Spirit and baptism of the Holy Spirit that I began to seek that. And I remember weeping. I remember getting hit. I, I felt this heat go from um, the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I felt a peace. I was at war with my, in myself a moment before, and the next moment I felt a peace. And I was crying, and then I was laughing, and then it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. And ever since that time, ever since that time, I began to hear the Holy Spirit speaking. You know, a word here, a word there. And one of the words, I remember he would say, you know, if I will follow him, he will lead me. And I realized I don't have to figure this all out myself. In fact, I can just follow his spirit, follow his leading. So, you know, just, um, you know, throughout the last, you know, 10 years um, that it's been since I was filled with the Holy Spirit, um, just 
learning to hear his voice better and watching for him to direct uh, direct me more. But um, it, it was really amazing to see how the, uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit affected my walk because I was able to make different choices from that time. I love that emphasis that holiness is a choice. Ryan said, holiness is being empowered to do something that I cannot do myself. And that's exactly my prayer for us today, that God would empower us as individuals, as a church, to do things that on our own we're not going to do. It's not just a matter of smartness or working hard or trying hard. It's a matter of God's power moving within us. Won't you pray with me? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you fill us with your power? Would you help us to be holy, Lord, as you are holy? That's what your word says. And God, we know that's not going to be an effort of our own strength. God, would you help us to, by your power, by your Holy Spirit, would you fill us with your strength, fill us with your mighty power, and help us to be holy as you are holy. God, I pray that that for each one of us here today, if there's areas of our heart that are not sold out for, for you, God, would you just show us those? Would you show us the hope that in you, God, that things can be different? Would you give us the power? Would you give us the strength to live for you each and every day? I want to be all yours, Lord. I don't want to live under John's lordship. I want to live under Jesus' lordship. I pray this in his name. Amen.
Now, 